This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, wonderful, and over there is still in Austria co-host, Monica. I mean, I really don't know what I was doing with that, but hi, Monica, how's it going? When am I not over there here in Austria? Exactly, I'm like, I, I don't know why that, why I said like, that. As a home ad, that's basically all you'll, you'll ever be, or... yeah really only whatever hi, <laughs> hi. words words, words are not our strong are. suit today no but hopefully that means that they're the strong suit of our guest that would be amazing yes <laughs> because we have someone very amazing on we do give uh, it away we, i'll give it away okay uh, i'm very excited to welcome virginia mendez on to geek herring um, I'm extra excited because Virginia and I are in real life friends and she is um, a feminist and she is awesome. And she is the co-founder of thefeministshop.com, which you have probably heard me cheering about at some point or another because I can't shut up about how awesome thefeministshop.com is. So hello, Virginia. Welcome to Geek Herring. Hi, I'm really excited to be here and... Yeah, I, I love what you do, and it's totally what I believe in. So very, very excited. Very excited to have you on. Very excited. Now, one thing I think we need to clear the air here, Virginia. Okay. You don't consider yourself a geek, do you? No. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like apologizing. <laughs> My sister is. I don't know if that works. Uh, she's for both of us. But um, no, I'm just not. It's uh, fine. Okay. It's can fine. You, can you be a gig of uh, dirty dancing and things like that? Or it has to be purely geeky thing? You you what? actually, let's be honest, you geek out about feminism. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's my thing. Also, uh, if I can geek out about Grey's Anatomy, you can definitely geek out about dirty dancing. So that's like geeking the books for us. So that's fine. You know true. what? Grey's Anatomy, I like that too. Like I'm it's the absolute well. fucking best so thing on the planet. Sorry for interrupting. No, and it's getting more and more feminist every episode. Yes. It's like, see what I've, you did there? I see what you did there, and that was not a coincidence. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, re- I re-watched the entire 16 seasons very recently, and I wish I were in the headspace when they started out. I am now because I'm like, there is so much to learn. And like with every season, there is more and more because I also think that the main character, the Ellen Pompeo, who plays Grey, she's like very outspoken and all. So I think the more, the longer it goes on, the more they put stuff like that into it as well. Yeah, I think that's actually a very good point because I always thought that they are becoming more and more outspoken on feminists but maybe it's just me that I spot it more now and maybe if I rewatch them from the beginning I'll be like that was always there yeah. but I didn't get to see it that much well now it's like 
Hell yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, 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 there are a lot of things going on. Like in the very early stages, for example, she's calling Derek out for calling her a slut and let, and all stuff like that. So no slut shaming her and all that shit. Oh, That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we don't, we're, don't so have a little bit of a geek. It's just yeah. that not with the usual things. <laughs> exactly. Hey, like <laughs> I always that. say, anything is geeky if you geek out about it. Fair enough. I'll get you that. <laughs> but we don't have you on for Grey's Anatomy, although that would be amazing as well. <laughs> I'll just let you guys um, have that conversation and I'll skip that episode. <laughs> I'll be like, ah, uh, McDreamy, McSteamy, Dr. Like, <laughs> there are all things that you just did. That's all, that's all I got, though. Like, that's that's peak of my Grey's Anatomy knowledge, so. It's not too bad, to be fair. <laughs> now there's a McWidow, but either way. Oh. <laughs> we don't talk about Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Back, back in fact. What are we talking about, though? We're talking about Virginia and the feminist shop and feminism. Yay! Amazing. Yay! So, Virginia, for those in our audience who don't know, tell mm-hmm. us who you are. So I am Virginia. I am Spanish. Uh, I'm a mom of two kids. One is two years old um, and the other one is three and a half. And I am the writer of a children's book for kids uh, called Mika Lolo. And I'm the co-founder of The Feminist Shop. So a lot of things going on. I am a professional feminist, as Amanda told me once, and I love it. Yeah, I just try to find a way to make a profession out of the thing I am more passionate about. So that's me. One thing that we haven't talked about actually is your children's book. So just before we get into our rapid fire round, tell us about that because Monica doesn't know anything about it. And I saw her face light up like, oh my gosh, a writer, like a children's book writer. And I'm like, and she said she's not geeky. And then she wrote a children's book, like what the fuck? But yeah. So I, um, whenever I was pregnant with Eric, but I didn't know it was a boy or a girl, I just, I decided I wanted to write a book, a feminist book to tell them that it doesn't matter Whatever you are, you know, stereotypes screw you over. So we'll, we'll try our best not to let that happen. Um, so it's a book in which two kids, two cousins question why they're treated different just because they're a boy or a girl. And it's a really, it's, it's a really cute book. I, I'm, I can say that because I didn't do the illustration. So it's a still humble, but it's very well illustrated. And it's a bilingual book. So it's both in Spanish and English. And now it's been translated to Chinese. Italian, French, and German. So it's nice. going to have all those combinations with English because it's always meant to be a bilingual book because it gives that extra thing to kids and to parents. And he, the second book of the same collection, it's written too. It just needs to be translated and illustrated, but it's about consent. And I am really excited about it too. It's all about kids understanding that, you know, getting pissed off because somebody did something as I don't know getting my bike without permission but then realizing that they too sometimes pass the boundaries of consent without realizing because consent seems very easy but it's sometimes hidden under peer pressure or insistence or you know assumptions that because you did something once you have the legitimate right to do it whenever you want so it's just exploring the different kinds of boundaries and how we can put them in place and be aware and things like that but all in a you know kids level nice start a conversation but yeah i'm really excited to see that 
alive. That's a book that I needed when I was a kid. I hear that already. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> we needed a book. Sure. Like, oh, I can't say no. And it's yeah. fine. People sometimes say no, and I need to stop insisting because they have the right to say no, and it's fine. Nice. I'm so excited. I'm going to look that up on Amazon right after the episode <laughs> or on thefamilyshop.com if you sell it there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do it there. Yeah, we do it there. <laughs> Well, Virginia, if you are ready, we're going to hop into a rapid fire round. So that's where we throw questions at you and you answer them as quick as you can. Okay. We call it rapid fire, but... I know. (laughs) (laughs) So no pressure there. No pressure. Okay. So you've already told us where you're from. So let's talk where are you living? Uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And when are you a feminist since? Um, I think I always was. It's just that I started and defined as such probably only in the last five or six years. So something that sparked your feminist beliefs? Um, it was more the... Uh, it was always a, like a hardcore feminist. It's just I was one of those that, oh, I don't like the term. Ah, oh, no, the term is annoying. And then um, my father-in-law, just in the middle of a dinner, was like, I believe in this and this, but I'm not a feminist. And he was like, yeah, Virginia, of course you are. Every decent person is. And then he sort of <laughs> shut the conversation. And I was like, what does he mean? Then <laughs> I, I actually started reading the right things about it. And I was like, is that it? I can do that. I can be a feminist then. And then, well, you know how it is that once you open that door, it's a one-way road. You can't go mm-hmm. back. You just keep going and going and learning more and caring more and doing more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say like five or six years ago. Nice. I love that your father-in-law brought you on that path. I know. Too. Pretty epic. Is this the father-in-law you were talking about in your latest yep. blog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you would only have one father-in-law, but yeah. Exactly. But yeah, he's the one, although now I'm sad. Now, whenever we have feminist arguments, now he thinks like, I went too far. It's like, oh no, you created a monster. You gotta do it. <laughs> um, I don't know how happy he is of my journey, but it's him to blame. Uh, so who are some of, who or what are some of your biggest feminist influences? Wow, there's so many, but I would say I really like Emma Watson, love Jamila Jamil, obsessed with Caroline Criado Perez. I've had lots of books. A guilty feminist is doing so much good work for uh, for feminism. A lot of series and I don't know, books, films, things like that. Like the suffragist, the most recent I've been watching was the suffragist that I really like in the basis of sex. I loved very recently and well, of course, Hans made tail and all those basics uh, that get you pissed off. <laughs> Maybe um, Fleabag and wonderful Miss Machel, which is probably one of my absolute favorites for a feminist laugh. You know, I still haven't seen that. Everybody keeps telling me you need to watch it. Yes. And I'm like, I know, I just haven't. It's just yet. perfect. It's just so funny, so funny and so beautiful and just so perfectly toned. Um, and then the last question of the rapid fire round, what are your current feminist or just normal pastimes? We normally say, what are your current geeky pastimes? But just like, what, what you up to these days? So my new favorite feminist pastime is watching TV with Chris and interrupt everything, <laughs> making a feminist <laughs> woman and making his life hell. And also reading things as part of my job. And again, interrupting him because I think it's very important and seeing his face off. Some of us are working uh, and you just not share everything with me. If only you had a website to put all that info, you know, <laughs> telling me. I think in general, my whole work and life is like a feminist pastime. 
I mean, I have to say, I really enjoyed uh, your latest blog post on thefeministshop.com with your review of OMG Yes. Yeah, please recommend it. So I, I have to ask, like, that must have been a fun pastime. It has. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, really, really good. Actually, it's, um, yeah, but again, it's good because I can put it under work. This is work. I must write it. And I really recommend everyone to use it and add that at their... You can geek out of it, can you? Is that also a geeky pastime? Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Perfect recommendation for everyone. But it's very good because everything goes to more research. Like all the money goes through research. And some of the research they're doing is really passionate. I think they're doing one of pleasure after female uh, genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. which who would do you know who has the resources to do if it's not with this kind of money because mm-hmm. you know, it's the kind of thing that is not important so people yeah. keep just ignoring because there's more important thing as you know dysfunction erectile dysfunction because especially <laughs> so, when it's con- when it concerns women right yeah i mean anything erectile dysfunction about of women they yeah. all are very concerned about the erectile dysfunctions of men, but never of women. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I hear a woman speaking, a, a hormone coach that said that is five times more money is invested in research for erectile dysfunction in men than in the whole gynecological problem of women, the whole spectrum of every gynecological problem of women. And I thought, if that's not the most feminist <laughs> reason to do that, like, if that's not the world telling us, no, actually, you your cancer matters less than a guy getting a heart. Sorry, <laughs> that's literally the world you're living in. I know. So yeah, I think, oh my God, yes, it's the perfect answer to that. And it's very open and and very tasteful and very very fun really happy to have tried it <laughs> very <laughs> ple- very pleased in every aspect <laughs> uh, um yeah still going so that's fine so forever it's a one-off subscription that lasts forever so that's fine take advantage of it as yeah. often as, as you can for sure when you make another reminder how was that thing oh have a look nice nice so virginia what are we talking about today well, we're talking about feminists because even if we try to talk about something else, I will make it into feminists because that's what I do. I get any conversation, I make it about feminists and make people around me like, there she is. <laughs> uh, five minutes ago, Virginia, it's been five, 10 minutes. I must be delighted. So you can try to speak about anything else. You'll eventually come back to that. So I let it be your choice. Well, I think having like a conversation about feminism, monkey caring is, I mean, it's not something that we specifically had an episode devoted to. I think feminist is so broad. That's the amazing thing about it, that almost everything can get a feminist lens applied to. It is fascinating, but it also ruins your life, to be honest. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I could disconnect. I really wish I could just watch TV without getting upset. Mm. the newest thing i'm getting upset with is you know because we are in lockdown people are doing amazing things as join artists singing famous songs well they're doing that in spain a lot like iconic songs then they're being recorded in their studios of different people you know like the backstreet boys did mm-hmm. well they're doing that in spain with a lot of iconic songs and i and i just get them sent and i start like boy men 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 oh. <laughs> 
I forgot a woman that sings every day. Man, man, and he's like, can I just not enjoy the video? And everybody's putting comments like, oh my God, that was so good. I almost cried. And I'm like, yeah, it's very good. Like we got like a 10% representation in the whole song, considering we're 51% of the Spanish population. Sure, we could have tried harder. And that kind of thing annoys me. And it annoys me that it annoys me. <laughs> like, oh my God, I care so much. I just want to have one day of holiday from caring. But yeah, it's also amazing how it's present everywhere. Very little things that escape the the lack of like the invisibilization or the um, just the stereotype or there's always a way something that is probably my thing at the moment. I cannot imagine how is it in the geeky world where is particularly male dominated and the stereotypes seem to be multiply by a thousand with all the sexualization of characters or things like that. I mean, I imagine there's a ma- massive change in the last years, but this it has to be one that if you had it, those lens on, it might be like zzz, zzz, constantly buzzing. Yeah, I think that there's been a lot of positive change over the last few years. Um, and I think a, a lot of that has to come with women owning their geekiness and yeah. also women being more present in game development as well there is just there is a lot of positive change on that side for sure i mean as as it happens in the movie industry and in the film industry and with series and all that stuff oh. it also starts to happen with game developments and and other branches like this so it's amazing in films and series how much it has changed in the recent years isn't it mm-hmm. like i mean it's still far off from mm-hmm. real equality but it's so exciting and it's and it it is proving wrong the theory that female led or female director or female writer and things don't attract men. Mm. I know Chris loves it. I know my father, which is not guilty of being a feminist, <laughs> um, <laughs> likes it. I mean, mm. they are just good shows or mm. good films and and I think people are starting to see through that and, and it's it's getting momentum. I think it's with everything, it takes a lot of time because it has been a certain way for such a long time. And if you go too drastically about it, then you will only get, um, like it, it will only end in a fight and people try to rebel against it. Whereas if you smooth it in like slowly, then it becomes a, a then it's some kind of subtle brainwashing. <laughs> Where where it starts to become more normal, whereas some, especially those with hardcore opinions, if you give them a hardcore anti-opinion back, then you don't change. Yeah, you'll have a reaction. Like that. Yeah. I believe in all the spectrum. I think, and it's something we were really focused in whenever we did the feminist show. I think we need all the voices. I think mm. the same way a lot of activists, hardcore activists are like, okay, that's what we need. And I agree. Yeah, we need that. We need the people just calling off and being outspoken and saying like, you know, I'm taking no shit. And then the people that are maybe more more into subtle messages, they're like, well, what we need is maybe just, you know, just present it in a different way. And I agree. And we need that too, because we need all those things because it's such a big battle. And if there was only one way, we would have found it. I think the only real solution is everybody doing their part in their way, in the way they're comfortable to. And there's the people that will shout about it. And there's people that will have just a, you know, discreet conversation. And there's people that, you know, will be more positive about it or more controversial. 
it's only when we celebrate all those voices and understand that we're all part of the same fight that we will win, that we will mm-hmm. start. Sometimes you hear, I think one of the big problems of feminists is then you don't get to call yourself feminist because and it's like, we need all of them. We are not a select club. We cannot be just giving people VIP, uh, you know, ideas because it's such a big enemy. And the journeys are different. And there are going to be opinions that we're going to disagree because we're just people thinking with our own experience. And nobody has an answer because it's huge. I mean, it's only, it's only patriarchy. <laughs> It's not like, oh yeah, I have this thing. I know, I know what I'm talking about. I mean, nobody knows. And yeah. doesn't matter how much you know, you always surprise yourself learning more and seeing different aspects of it and different opinions that you hadn't considered. So to me, the biggest victory we need to learn and we need to achieve at the moment is that common fight and that common acceptance and understanding that, you know, somebody that is a feminist but maybe disagree with you in a topic. It finds, I mean, they have good reasons to believe that, you know, they have a reason and they might change their mind. I know I've changed my mind in a lot of huge things. Mm. But if it hasn't been because somebody has told me, you don't get to call yourself a feminist, Steve, it's probably the opposite. It's probably through reading interesting content and just being with more diverse people and, and seeing opinions different than mine. That is how you grow. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that is the biggest passion on the biggest uh, goal of the feminist shop in the bra where everybody no matter what is their way feel part of that joint feminist and feel celebrated in their way to understand it and is given with is given the content and the resources and the clothing and the books to just you know show it and make a statement or start conversation or keep learning how do you think or how has your your life and your viewpoints changed since opening the feministshop.com? By the time I've opened the shop, I think I was pretty much hardcore a hardcore monster. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the biggest damage was done already, but it has made me more in peace. I think it has softened my message. That thing I'm telling you about more like acceptance and respect and um, it, it's probably what has flourished the most since I've opened the website. I mean, I, ha- I have people learning, having completely different opinions than me, and I have to respond as the feminist shop and not as Virginia. And, and I know perfectly, and I do, by doing it, I learn that it's like, yeah, but that's the right answer. Like maybe my first instinct would be like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> While... I go and I write, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's great. And, you know, I understand how every journey is different. And it's great that that was your conclusion. And then while I'm writing it, it's like, but that's true. <laughs> like, that's their journey and that's their conclusion. And that is the fact. And the fact that I wouldn't do it that way doesn't make them any better or any worse because having other ways. So it has made me make peace more and, and be more grateful for all the different voices but yeah but I think but 10 years ago or 12 years ago I was a disaster (laughs) I was a I was very feisty and I would be very opinionated surprisingly (laughs) Uh, I know shocker (laughs) about you know women thing but I will be just 
all the things that now will annoy me when I hear somebody that would be me like how can I think that like well if women work hard you know they can go wherever they want so you know nobody's gonna stop me from being who I am so why should I get any preference I don't want any you know I were not even pro-choice which is something I well and I can't I've changed. I go, I go to every demonstration. I cried in almost all of them, which people might be thinking like, wow, her journey. And it's, to be honest, it's a little bit about shame of how much pain my opinions could have inflicted on another. Or like, did I say this in front of the wrong person? Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. in, a, in a Spain, you could terminate a pregnancy if you were raped. Well, they've changed it now, but whenever I was studying law, it was whenever... Like if you were raped or if you had a fetus abnormality or if it was going to cause you some sort of uh, physical or emotional damage. Mm-hmm. And they were planning to change it into a no questions asked for 13 weeks. Or And I was like, that's so ridiculous. There's plenty what we have. What do we have to make things more easy? You know, people need to be responsible. And now I'm like, what are we talking about? And I'm just so shocked. So now whenever I speak with people that think like that, I get that I was there. Like, I was there. And trust me, one day you're going to get up and you're going to be like, wow, why? Because you can't, you know, you hear those opinions in the house or in school or wherever it is, and you think they're yours. And it's very difficult to stop and critically think. And at least in Spain, there is this war of, you know, this is the enemy and this is what we think. This is our baggage of things that we think and this is what the enemy thinks. So everything that looks like this, we disapprove and everything that looks like this is correct. And it takes a while to just unlearn and then mm-hmm. learn again. And and to me, it's been a fascinating journey. And, and I think if I can come from that to here, everyone can. And I think that's something that it's important for me in the feminine shop just to give the resources and the content with respect to people and just to help them get the information and digest them at their own pace and and maybe the information that I consume now I would not be ready 10 years ago I will be put off by that and I'll be like okay nonsense while maybe something more you know just different and softer or you know will will got me you know a step farther and I think it's always about that one step farther okay, that I just walk one step of this journey and that's fine. And if you leave the feminist shop and you're one step closer, one step more feminist, it doesn't matter if you were already super feminist or not at all or apologetic. If you're just one step more prepared or more confident about your own feminist or you've learned something, I think that's what we wanted. And I think because of where I come from in terms of ways to see things and where I am now I think it's very important for me that okay we were here just <laughs> we were the website where people could come and you know leave with as much information and books and you know films and series and blogs and wherever to to move on I think it's so interesting what you say is that sometimes we are really not aware of how much I call it pressure because that's what it feels to me. How much pressure we are under from the socialization of our society because how much we think 
things are a certain way and only later or through someone or something we realize that just because everybody else does that and just because that seems like a normal thing to do that doesn't mean that I need to do this and that I can have my own opinion about this but it's like some kind of uphill battle all the time and you constantly not only try to make your way up but at the same time people try to bring you back down again because you're different now and why are you different and what wh why is this something that you don't do or why is this something that you do when that's not normal in our society and you described it as well a bit it's I feel it's just Once you start to make your way out and often it needs something or someone or and some people never get out of that and you just have to acknowledge that that they're not as willing, they're not as ready and they also don't want to deal with that pressure and that's their choice. Um, it's really difficult to be on that path sometimes of, I don't want to call it woke, but I constantly have woke in my head, but I feel the woke movement is a bit weird, but, but like... <laughs> be more aware and more reflective of the world and what's going on and what's happening? To me is um, the two key things are the critical thinking, like being able to see things outside what you've been told, but also the unlearning. I mean, we, like, we've been told so many things. We've built our whole experience and knowledge and personalities and lives through lies <laughs> and stereotypes and not lies, just people's visions, but people with one and one only narrative. Um, and that's the one that we've all considered that was the truth and that was the logical. We've learned all those things that for us were facts and it was very difficult to consider that maybe they were just opinions or some people's truth, but not necessarily the truth. Maybe there's not such a thing as the truth anyway and it's going to be a mix of all of ours, but all of ours means all of ours women's black queer disabled um like you know, not body able or neurotypical like all those voices are going to have to be conforming the truth because the ones that we've been told at the minute is very narrow and we not all fit there and it may not be our problem but just one and only truth i i think some of the moments are quite obvious like sometimes you realize something like how could i not see that it's so obvious um, and some other things, it takes a bit of back and forth and, and conversations and what if. For for me, a very obvious one was um, in Spain, women get, well, little girls get earrings when they're born, mm. days after they're born. Like I got mine days, but people get them in the hospital. <laughs> Seriously, oh, wow. in the hospital? Well, I think they've changed that very recently. But yeah, most people like yeah, you could get them in the hospital. The nurse will ask you, "Do you want the earring?" The earrings, yeah. And I never ever question it. I mean, everybody does it. All of my friends had it. I had them. My like, there was not ever like it even crossed my mind that it was a thing until Chris. Again, that's cultural difference. Chris came to Spain and he told me, like, Virginia, do you think it's when I go here whenever you see babies with earrings? I'm like, no, it's normal. And then he's like, Virginia, they're piercing somebody else's bodies just because they're women, they're female. And I was like, boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that is literally what's happening. Like, we are thinking that it's okay on the name of cuteness, on the name of prettiness, to pierce somebody's bodies. That is not ours just because it's okay 
they're going to want earrings in the future. So we may as well have them now. It's like, we're taking away their decision. And it was so black and white, so obvious. Like, how could I never thought about it? And every time I see it, and I'm like, oh, really weird. But that was an easy one. But there's other things. Um, and I'm going to say another example. Chris, Chris is really feminist. But sometimes I say something now. And he's like, mm, no, I don't. No, I think this one, this one is a little bit too much. And then I'm like, no, but this about yeah, but men also. Yeah, but it's not about men. It's about the context in which women have to, yeah, but what about? And then it takes us a while. And to be honest, most times it's like, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, fair enough. I know what you mean. But it's sometimes are very obvious for everybody or for you or for me. Or, and sometimes takes a little bit of, you know, challenging thoughts and applying effectively critical thinking and an empathy through others context so so i think it's a mix of both what makes you grow but the powers of conversations are huge i've learned so much talking with people about these topics and and i'm so glad whenever a friend of mine texts me and say look there's no way i could have think that and now you know, you're like my little voice. Virginia will say this. Virginia will think that. And that is really, really cool. I mean, mm. I've gotten a lot of divorces. You're welcome. To, but, uh, <laughs> but that's fine. Maybe those marriages didn't have to happen in the first place. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. I think it's important just just to have those conversations and keep helping people to challenge those because I get challenged constantly too. And I feel like it's a never endless a never-ending journey yeah I, I just want to add that I have actually had your voice in my head like I, I I I can hear you talking to me sometimes and I'm like huh yeah but you know what's yeah yeah my friends say that like sometimes I want something say, whoa Virginia would hey if Virginia were here there will be an argument and I'm, like, I'm glad to be that voice so what uh what would a day in the life of a professional feminist look like so apart from the please harry go back to bed at six in the morning and <laughs> please nora like stop dropping the meal this is so expensive part why do you have porridge in your hair and all that um part it's not very feminist it's just motherhood then well i get to do all the cool things i don't feel like sometimes i feel guilty to call this a work because cause i just love it it's like i just come and um try to be present in social media read a lot of articles check things that I want to share brainstorm about what is next and and how can we make the message uh, to people I do networking contact artists and check if things for the new collections and read reviews about books that I'm dying to stock in our website or write a little bit either the articles or the book and I'm preparing a book about raising feminists and how to educate both sons and daughters in a world full of gender stereotypes and which things we can do to implement critical thinking from very early stages. Doesn't always work, but sure, I'll let you. <laughs> I, I'll write a sequel probably. <laughs> this is the first part where I'm very naive and I think everything works. Maybe I have to write one in 10 years. Do not trust me. <laughs> Nothing works. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'll, I'll be sure response. But to be honest, so far it's working what we're doing with the kids, so that's fine. But yeah, so just things like that. There's a lot of a little bit of boring things, but I love Excel spreadsheets and business things. So 
I love all those things anyway from my previous life. So I get to have the best of both worlds. Just trying cool sex through Oh My God, Jazz and Call It Work. Watching cool series because they're feminist and Call It Work. So yeah, basically I have the best job ever. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sharing about that because it's it's often like you see people having successful websites that are, are hubs and it's like, what kind of work was into that? And like, I guess when you're passionate about it, it doesn't even feel like work. To be honest, for me, it doesn't feel like work, but it because I love it, but I do invest a lot, a lot of time and a lot of emotions. I think the biggest investment whenever you make your passion into a job is the emotional investment of not seeing being where you want to be at the speed that you want to be and reminding yourself that it's a marathon and it's not a sprint and getting super excited about a new idea and then seeing that did it go as far as it didn't have the reaction that you thought and then just thinking okay it doesn't matter you know and again and again and again and I keep getting ridiculously excited with every new collection and with every new idea and with every new post and I think everything deserves to be viral and amazing I'm like this is so good I mean I don't see why Emma Watson is not wearing this t-shirt, which is the best t-shirt ever. Um, and it doesn't happen. Shocking. And I'm like, it's fine. The next, the next one. I mean, the next one is going to be viral because it's so cool. So, yeah, it's about remembering that um, it takes a while and and it's a, it's a long run. But, yeah, but to be honest, I'm very lucky because I, I do love all the business side of of the business like the most businessy but I also love obviously all the feministing side of it but yeah a lot of time a lot of imbe- a lot of savings if I'm honest mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a lot of emotions that that's the biggest that's the hard part but everything that's like the job itself it's glass <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and it must be nice um and also challenging at the same time building something like that with your husband yeah that's that is really good. I mean, I'm surprised how much I love, but not surprised I marry him. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love working with Chris. I'm even loving working in lockdown with him and being 24-7. He ignores me a lot when we work together. <laughs> so I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I understand I what that's like. <laughs> that much. Sometimes I'm like, the person I miss the most today in the lockdown is you. <laughs> 24 hours together. I don't feel like we've talked about anything that was not practical was not like logistic. Can you pass me these? Have you got these? You got Eric, I'll get Nora. No, don't let them touch that. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of that. But um, yeah, I think we have very different feminist voices, although a very, obviously a common vision. So I think it all come across very well. And both our passions in terms of he loves e-commerce and I love writing and talking. (laughs) (laughs) Come across fine. So it's quite complimentary. That's ideal. I would probably hit my hit, rip my boyfriend's head off in anything like this. I I um I'm definitely the Virginia of me and Monica. Monica is like <laughs> our techie side, and I'm the wordy side. That's great. So you're the yeah. It needs you need both. I mean, do. I don't think two wordies or two taggies will make that sweet spot. I mean, I would never marry me, but I wouldn't like to be in a relationship with two Chris's either. I mean, I think this is good. Yeah, it needs to balance oh. itself out somehow. 
Cool. This has been a really awesome conversation, Virginia. Um, just before we we close for the day, um, what advice would you give to young feminists? To be honest, I love young feminists. I think they're the ones that should be giving all of us advice. I think the new generation of feminists are my favorite people in the world. They're so passionate and they are unstoppable and they are so unapologetic and they just have it in them. So there's no many advice I could give them, um, but I will tell them not to underestimate the power of conversations. I think it's sometimes it seems, imagine also for them that it's all about the big battles and the big fights and the big sharings and the virals and the, you know, the big impact. And the most important things are the conversations and the small changes in mind with the people that you have around you, because it is a domino effect. And because you change somebody's mind and that person will change somebody else and the effect of those conversations are huge. And I see that because I'm the result of those conversations with people that invested in me time ago and, and sit down with me and didn't lost hope and argue and tell me like you're wrong and tell <laughs> me like, have you read this or how can you say this? And and now whenever I speak with somebody and whenever I challenge somebody, I think like, well, maybe maybe she is or he is the new Virginia and they end up having a feminist shop or a feminist website or something. So you never know how far your, you know, what impact your conversations and just stopping the joke, just not letting people get away with, you know, just a misogynistic comment or or even sometimes just just a genuine feminist calm conversation about how you see things they're more powerful than we think so that would be my advice that's good advice love it amazing well thank you thank you thank you so much for coming on geek herring today virginia and sharing these amazing words with us <laughs> thanks for having me it's all about words today <laughs> <laughs> um where can our listeners find you well they can't find me in um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter through at thefeministshop.com and in the shop but Amanda has an affiliate code so I'll let her put that in the link <laughs> I think that's better you get a 10% discount on her so that's great <laughs> yeah just in the blog social and the website itself and Chris and I are hopefully starting a new podcast soon nice and we just like a feminist couple talking about things and then bringing people on board like we want to do one about oh my god yes and how we both lived it and how we both thought about it and the different opinions and i'm bringing guests in just to have casual conversations hopefully if i ever dare to do it but i don't know if i will i want to open a youtube channel nice the future virginia for now for now maybe just the website maybe just written words <laughs> Yeah, I will make sure that all of that is in the show notes. Brilliant. Thanks. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And everyone uh, listening, we will be back next week with another awesome episode of Geek Caring. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.